Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, everybody, I am super excited to have today's show and welcome to the Successfully Unemployed show. Now, in the show, we talk with entrepreneurs, side hustle experts, and anybody and everybody about how they were able to quit their job, to be successfully unemployed so they never ever have to work a job again. And so today I want you to get started. And I brought on Chelsea Brennan. She is a fantastic blogger. She's also starting a podcast. She's got so many things going on. And I brought her on to show us how she does. So Chelsea, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dustin. I'm excited. Awesome. Now I want to jump right into it. How do you make money to provide for yourself and your family? So I run a business called Smart Money Mamas, which you mentioned, which started primarily as a blog. Um, but now one of our big income generators is we do an annual virtual summit. We did the first one in October of last year. We actually had 18,000 moms register um, to come to our online summit. And that's kind of our big annual event. And then we make money on the blog and we'll be launching a podcast uh, in just a couple weeks here. That is fantastic. 18,000. My goodness. And how did I, I, I want to jump into how you actually do all this stuff, but I want to know how did the, how did online summit go? How did it go? It went really, really well. We were, you know, it was our first year. We had no idea what to expect, but we had over 40 speakers covering all areas of personal finance. We did two days on family finance and a day on investing um, and a day on career and business. It was really cool. Um, and it was the community that got built out of it was my favorite thing. We now have this huge engaged audience that is excited about the things that they can achieve and the, the goals they can reach, which is exactly what we wanted to happen. That is so, so cool. Now, from there, um, how do you... How'd you get started with Smart Money Mamas? How do you, how do you get started? And, and from there, how do you start making money from something like that? Sure, absolutely. So in a prior life, I was actually a hedge fund manager. So I managed a distressed debt portfolio focused on, of all things like industrials and metals and mining, very different from obviously blogging. Uh, but after I had my first kid, I was just disenfranchised with that type of, not disenfranchised is the wrong word, but just... Um, disappointed with that career because I was, wasn't home a lot. I didn't have a lot of flexibility. And more than that, I didn't feel like my job had a greater purpose. And this was always a big focus for me of wanting to make sure that I was giving back to the community. So I went through a lot of different entrepreneurial ideas. I talked to friends about doing different startups. And I just got to this point, there was a big startup opportunity I was actually going to leave and be a CEO for that I backed out of at the last second. And I was feeling stuck. And I was like, you know what? I'm in this Facebook group with a bunch of moms who have their first kid the same month as my first kid. And I had become like the go-to person to answer their money questions. And I was like, you know what? I'll just gonna start a blog and I'm going to answer all their questions. Um, so I've told this story so many times now. I tell them they're like internet famous, this little group. I posted in there and said, what are your money questions? And within a day, I had like 60 questions. And those were my first big set of blog posts. The, the site was originally called Mama Fish Saves. I let the mom's group name it. That's why I had to, to switch it up when I was branding. Uh, but I spent about eight or nine months just you know, no, no income from it. it was completely a hobby. Um, it would have been a conflict of interest with my job to have any other income at that point. Um, but I built up enough of an audience that I had the con the confidence to make the jump. Um, once we'd built a little bit of a base. Now, did you say the word fish was in there? F I S H. Yeah. Fish. So, um, you have kids, so I don't know if you have the book, the pout pout fish. No, I don't. So that was my son's favorite book when he was little. 
And he called me Mama Fish, which my mom's group knew about. So then it was Mama Fish Saves. Nice. So you had 60 questions. Did you actually write on every single one of those topics or was it they kind of combined together? And did you immediately get the domain and put it right on the domain? So I put it right on the domain. Some of those questions overlapped a little bit, um, but I published every single day for the first 35 days of the blog. Um, and I answered almost all those questions. And then I published three to four days a week for the following six months. Man, that's that's a lot of writing. That's it was a fantastic. lot of writing. Yeah. It was crazy. So we in that in that old career, right? So I would get home about 10 minutes before my son went to bed. So I got home in time to put him in his pajamas, read him a book and put him to bed. But then it's eight o'clock and I don't go to bed till 11. So I mostly spent my nights writing um, for that for that period of time. Got it. Got it. Now, would you suggest that's a good way to go where you already, let's say you're a part of something on Facebook or you're part of a community and you really just be very, very, it sounds like you're just really helpful. People went to you. They knew you as somebody that had the answers or the answers that they're looking for. Um, and then from there, you already have like a, a base to start. Is that the, a, a good rule of thumb to go? Or can we just start with, just start a website and start writing content? You can absolutely start just writing content if that's what you want to do. It it really depends on the type of business you want to build, right? And I think that, I'm trying to explain this and not think that there was too much pre-thought into what the business was going to turn out like, because I didn't, when I started the site, I didn't even know blogs made money, right? This was a hobby. But for me, what I always knew I wanted and what I wasn't happy with with the hedge fund was that impact, right? That community impact. So I knew that anything I wanted to build was community-based. So for me, finding that community first and being helpful and building trust has made it so, you know, we're about to have our three-year anniversary I have always had a community of people to go back to and say like, hey guys, I'm thinking of writing A article or B article. What do you think? And that has made growth so much more quick because I could serve my audience exactly what they wanted instead of having to figure it out along the way. That's that's terrific. Now, a lot of people go with SEO. Do you do SEO or search engine optimization as well? Or is it a lot like majority of it driving from the people that are saying, hey, we want this? Uh, I don't. I should. I probably, I've thought about it before. Um, I do a couple big articles, but really we just answer questions in our community and things that I know come up on a frequent basis. Uh, we, we drive some traffic from Pinterest. And despite that, you know, we talk about SEO and I've bought SEO courses that I've never gone through. Right. Um, but about half of our traffic, anywhere from 50 to 60% of our traffic comes from SEO. And I think when you find a community and you know what questions they're asking and you're answering those questions, you're going to show up in SEO anyway. Because they're the ones that are searching in Google and Yahoo and Bing. They're the ones doing the searching. So you already, Absolutely. especially when you have a good sized community, that is, that's a great way to go. Now, once we start writing articles, is it just keep writing articles until more traffic comes and then put ads on there or build uh, the community where we have the online um, summit? Like what is the next steps after we launch the site and then move into writing articles from there? Then what? Sure. So for me, um, it's interesting. So my husband's a stay-at-home dad, so I am solely responsible for for income. But even then, I struggled with monetizing at the beginning, right? I wanted to be helpful. That was my main goal. So figuring out where to monetize was a struggle. And uh, about 18 months ago, I actually launched my first product. So I didn't have ads on the site. I did a little bit of affiliate marketing, but it wasn't until 18 months ago that I launched my launched my first product. And what it came from is actually Another guest you had on the podcast, Pete McPherson from Do Even Blog, he and I are close friends and I made what I was trying to make an email opt-in. It was supposed to be a free offer. Um, and it was going to be a checklist for how to create a family emergency binder. And we had a lot of people in our community struggling with estate planning and what, what does need to be in line and do, 
Do I know what I need to know for my spouse? All that kind of stuff. So I was going to make a checklist. I tend to fall down rabbit holes, like really deep down rabbit holes. So I was sitting at the library. I sat there for seven hours, like the whole day the library was open. And when I was done, I had a 60 page document that was like a worksheet of how to actually fill it out. Right. So I called Pete on the way home and was like, I think I made a product. I can't give this away for free. It's too big. So we went through all kinds of stuff. I reached out to a fill to p- people who might actually be interested in offering it on their sites. Um, and within two weeks, we launched it as our first product. And that became like the base is this digital product. It's been my favorite thing in the world because it's it sells really well, which is obviously great. But it's also digital products are such passive income, right? So I have a funnel set up for it. I've got a team of 50 other bloggers that sell the product for me. um, And it's just been a great moneymaker. So that was the first step for us. And then from then on, it was what what is going to work for us? We considered courses. We considered all kinds of things. And that's where the summit came out of is I really wanted to do something different. I really wanted to do something, once again, that serves our community. And one of the things that our people wanted was a way to connect with other moms well, understanding that a lot of working moms, a lot of stay-at-home moms can't travel. They can't go away for four days. So let's do a conference, but let's do it online. And we kind of built the whole concept from the ground up. But uh, that was how we got started. I love it. So my brain is exploding with questions. So <laughs> the first question really quickly jumps out. You said that you've been doing Smart Money Mamas for three years? Mm-hmm. Man, so in three years, you're able to literally not have a job and be able to provide for your family and have your your husband stay at home and take care of the kids while you're you're working. And so in three, I mean, who does that in three years? Being able to retire or quit from their job, that's fantastic. Yeah, so th- there's a lot, lot in there, right? So for the first eight months, we couldn't, or 10 months, we couldn't make any income. So there was zero. And then when I left, we had a two-year runway. So this was part of, um, when I was at the hedge fund, we were planning to pursue FIRE and decided to delay that to meet, to do the blog. So we had a two-year runway of savings just to let me get up and running. Now, at this point, we do... Um, fulfill, like suit our family and pay our family on the blog income. But it wasn't like 10 months in, we could make the jump and still replace, you know, my income. It was, it was a journey for sure, but we're really excited about where we are now only three years out. That's, that's amazing. I'm really excited for you. Now that product that you wrote, it was 60 pages. Is that basically a book that you would sell for a book price? Or is it like um, a, a much bigger like manual that you sell for a more expensive, like $100, $200? No. So it's somewhere in between, right? So now it's actually with like duplicates and dividers and all that stuff. It's like 150 pages, Um, but it is set up as a fillable PDF. So we use it more as a tool of like, hey, guys, like I could print this as a physical version of a book and you could go into Barnes & Noble and buy it for 15 bucks. But as soon as something changes in your life, right, you open a new investment account or you change a beneficiary, you're either going to have to scratch it out, which is going to be confusing to everybody, or buy a new book. And that's kind of silly. So we currently charge $39 for the product. Um, We have heard from people that that's way too low. Um, But for me, it gets into a lot of hands and it converts well, right? So we could raise the price, but I don't know what that would do to conversions. And for right now, we're kind of happy offering it at $39. I think that's terrific. And I completely agree with you. So um, I coach real estate investing. So I have 30 plus properties myself and I really just enjoy helping people. It's just really, really fun. And I love talking about real estate and people, um, whenever I tell them the price for the coaching, they're like, oh, wow, that's actually really affordable. I'm like, well, I appreciate that because I just want to help as many people as possible. Just like you, Chelsea, it's, it's the more people that we can help 
the better our lives and their lives get. And so I completely agree with that. Now, um, I want to jump to um, a, a quick idea of how you get people into buying those that product. But then at the same time, the next thing I want to do after that, so remind me if, we, if I forget, I want to talk about the online summit and then eventually getting to a conference, which would be fantastic. So let's talk about funneling people and like people finding through you through SEO or through your groups and they go into where they buy something and then they funnel into the um, the online community. How do we, how does that work out for you? Yeah. So the thing with this particular product that is really unique is that most people know they need it or it's crossed their mind that they need it. They've seen a family go, member go through a difficult situation or a friend um, and they just don't know where to start. It's one of those things that like kind of keeps you up at night, but you don't know how to get the ball rolling. So it's more just introducing them to the concept, which is what's great about that product for us is that there's not a lot of warm up. It's just we need to get them on the page. And once they're on the page, then they get it right. Um, so for us, it's the funnel afterwards, exactly what you were saying is like, how do we make them go from buying the product to a actually filling it out and B being an embedded part of the community. And there's a few things there. The first is we have some good follow-up in the funnel after people buy offering them accountability and not like an upsell or anything else, but just like they get an email the week after and say like, all right, guys, you bought it. <laughs> now it's time to open it and sit down. If you're going you're gonna to go have a coffee date and spend an hour on this, hit reply and tell me that you're in. And the response rate on that email is super high. And, you know, I have an assistant now who, who kind of helps us handle that. But if someone responds and says that they're in, a week later, she sends them an email and says, hey, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z. Did you do it? Um, and that causes them to, like, first, start a conversation with us. But second, feel like when they come to us, they accomplish something. And that's huge, right, for building long-term trust. And then from there, it's really about introducing them to all the other things that we do, right? So we talk about the importance of community, and we invite them to come into our free Facebook group. Um, and we offer other blog posts that are kind of tangentially related to those topics, but kind of spread them out into the other things we do. And and then we have a transition email that brings them into our weekly newsletter. And that's kind of how we've set it up. And it's worked really well so far. Man, that's great. Oh, so the funnel, do you, do you have a lead magnet, something that's free to get them in? Or is it they get to your page and then they buy into it and then that's how they get into the funnel? Sure. So we do have a lead magnet for it. So we have a checklist of what a complete emergency and estate plan looks like. And that is the actual what I probably should have made the first time, um, which is about two pages, just two pages and very straightforward checklist. And they'll, then they'll find out about the emergency binder after that. But really, the majority of the way we bring people in is our affiliate program. So like I said, we have 50 other bloggers, um, many of which are much bigger than me, that talk about and sell this product. They have reviews of it on there. They have tutorials of how they filled it out. And it's a lot of it is coming in from them as well. Got it. Got it. Got it. So they, and I love the idea. And I, I think I need to implement this in master passive income where I am at, cause some people, I get loads of people going to get my free course. They get the free course and it's a, it's a, it's a really robust thing. I tell, teach them how to do everything basically in the business. And I love that email where you said, are you in? Like, you got this. Are you in? It's it's a way to grab somebody to get them engaged. Like, hey, I'm not just a, a you know somebody that just wants your money. No, I'm really wanting to help you. I love that idea. Like, just hit reply and say, I am in. I love that. So I am absolutely going to be implementing that because I want to know who's in because I don't want somebody just to get it and then leave. I want to, I want them to be engaged. And what that does is they're uh, one more 
step to buying in, one more step to engage or with engaging to buying in. So that is fantastic. I love that funnel. So I'm going to definitely grab that. Now, transition into the online summit and talk to us about that whole process because honestly, we're successfully unemployed. I think successfully unemployed can actually be a conference, definitely an online summit where we just bring so many people on it, teaching how to become successfully unemployed. But I'd love to have a conference where I just said, hey, let's all network together because I get so much more value networking with people. Listening to, to um, the sessions are great, but the networking is where I get lots and lots of information and, and contacts and all the good stuff. So how do we get started doing an online summit? Absolutely. So an online summit can feel a little overwhelming because when you hear about it and all the stuff and tech that goes behind it. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is we did we went big the first the first year, right? We had 40 plus speakers and it was crazy. But you don't have to do that. I mean, when you talk to people who coach on summits like Krista Miller, um, who specifically that's her whole thing is teaching people how to do online summits. She recommends anywhere from 12 to 15 speakers your first year for three days, right? Just do a couple speakers a day, have a way for your your community to interact with your speakers and interact with each other, um, choose a focused topic, um, and you pre-record all of the sessions, right? Because otherwise it's going to be a tech nightmare. Now, you might do live things yourself. So one of the really positive things from the Mama's Talk Money Summit is that I was live three times a day, like actually live, either answering questions or doing trainings, uh, and they got to know me really, really well. But the other thing is just what you said, where the real interaction is with other people in the community, right? That's what you want to get more of a real conference. So for us, we made sure that during a session presentation, so if a session went live at one, from one to two, the speaker was available in Q&A. You could show up, you could ask them questions, you could just get to know them, whatever. Uh, and that we always had the free Facebook group that if you were registered for the summit, you could go to the Facebook group and that community really got to know each other. I mean, in a way that I, I didn't even expect, even knowing some of the moms we had before the summit, we had moms. So the way we ran the summit, it was free to attend. Um, and you could access any of the presentations for 48 hours after they went live. But after 48 hours, they expired. So if you wanted an all access pass, you could pay to get an all access pass. We had moms in the group buying passes for moms who were talking about not having enough money or struggling right now. We had you know, a really powerful moment where I did a live training about financial abuse and, and the impacts of that and identifying that. And a couple of moms who realized they were in financially abusive relationships while I was talking and other moms who had survived those situations reached out to them and offered to like be a handhold. Right. So this idea that like, I love the idea of in-person conferences. Um, but if you're trying to figure out a way to get your community together, first of all, an online conference does not mean you can't have that interaction. You just have to facilitate it and make sure that you're building the the rules around the community that you want and the culture and um, know what serves your audience best. So for you or for me, an in-person conference might be great, right? FinCon's amazing. It's one of my favorite events of the year. But if your people who need this the most can't travel, then maybe online's better or maybe online's a better way to start before you move to an in-person conference. Wow, that is, I, I love that. And I love how people are helping each other out. That is so great. Now, so as I'm thinking of the progression of actually starting, number one, we need to line up speakers. Is that like the first thing? And I now I know if somebody is trying to do this, they need to reach out. In fact, I get 
emails all the time. I, I think somebody, I, there might be this one person that's teaching how to do online summits, but I get emails all the time for me being on the, somebody's new, brand new online summit. They have no web presence. They have no nothing. And they said, hey, can you be on my online summit? It'll help you get your name out there. So occasionally I'll jump in there and I'll help out and I'll be on one of them. But um, so what is the first step to actually starting it? Is it the community or is it getting the people that are going to be the speakers? It depends on, on where you're starting, right? So if you don't have any community, you're really going to have to figure out a way that you're going to get the word out there. I think a lot of new summit hosts that don't have a web presence beforehand, they want to lean on their speakers, right? They want to say like, if you speak, you'll send a dedicated email to your list and then people will come to my summit. And that's fine, except there's not a lot in it for the speaker, right? The speaker then has to hope that other speakers bring new people to them and it like, it's a much harder sell. So for us, we had we had a baseline first. We had a way that we were gonna we were gonna promote it to our people. We had an ad budget. We had a reason for our speakers to um, to promote, which is that we had an affiliate program and we also had like bonuses that, that our top performing affiliates would get extra cash bonuses. So we made those first initial emails really. Here's why you want to be involved, right? And all that stuff, the the ROI actually came after there was an attachment that went to that email that showed them all the ROI stuff. But the email that I sent them was way more about here's why you don't want to miss this. And we talked, we talked about the importance of this for moms and why we were going to make a difference and why you would want to be someone who was involved in this summit. Right. And make it exciting for them and really get that buy-in. And then if they're feeling like, you know what, I am excited about this, but I'm really trying to hit some targets this year, then have that add-on that's like, okay, here's the three reasons why this is actually not only good on an emotional level, but it's good for your business. And then when they are involved, they want to send those emails. They want to promote. They're excited about being involved. And instead of contractually obligating them to send an email, they're sending six emails because they just want to do it. Um, so reaching out to speakers first is really important. What we did... Um, we chose to brand our summit differently. So we're Smart Money Mamas. The summit is called Mamas Talk Money. So we set up a one pager with like the dates and the details so that our speakers at least could find something about the summit. And then we reached out to our like five or six anchor speakers first and then used those to kind of flesh out everybody else. That's awesome. I love that idea. And yes, it's, it is a little sad. Sometimes I, I do help out and I jump on these one these um, summits that have never happened before. But yeah, you really, I don't know if I actually get any return in that. And it's just, you know, hey, somebody, you know, uh, using my platform, which, okay, you know, some people got to get started somehow. So let's say we have already started the platform and we already have people that are in our in our newsletter, in our Facebook group. We're already starting to engage with people and it's now time. You know what? I think it might be a great time to connect people and have speakers come in and teach. Once we have that, we also re reach out to because as long as you network, if you network and you have, like you said, five or six, in my opinion, if you have five or six solid people that can then branch out and tell you other people, that just helps so much more. Now, from there. What's the next step? We have the audience, we have the speakers, and is it, what's the next step that we need to go through? Yeah, so I want to back up for a second. So if you're starting with an audience, I'm a huge fan of asking your audience what they want. 
So before you reach out to those five or six anchor speakers, you're going to have people that you know from your network, like you said, that you that you like and you want to hear from. But that might be not not be what your audience needs. So send out a quick three question Google form survey and ask them like, hey, what trainings would be most helpful for you? What questions can I answer that I haven't answered before? Because part of running a summit, a successful summit is having the confidence and courage to be like, hey, I'm really good at teaching you a lot of things but I can't teach you everything. So tell me where I could get someone else to come teach you something better and really branch out, right? So ask ask them first, reach out to your speakers. After that, it's really about organization. So how are you going to record interviews? Do you want them to be solo? Do you want someone to do more like a traditional conference where they're recording just themselves? Or do you want to do an interview like you and I are doing right now? Um, do you want to do any sessions live? When is it going to happen? Really kind of build out that map and start scheduling some of those pre-recorded interviews um, and give yourself enough space to create the right marketing around it, right? To have time to tease it, to have time to have a really good warm-up sequence in the two weeks before the event happens, um, and to write swipe copy emails for your speakers and if you're choosing to have affiliates, right? This is something that I think a lot of people, they overlook or they try to outsource without finding the right voice and making sure you have space to write really good copy for your people, but also even better copy for your speakers, right? And if you can give them a few different options of like, hey, if you're, if your audience is high impulse, here's two emails to send them. Like they're going to be short and quick and quippy and they're not going to want to miss it. If you have an audience that wants to know all the stats, here's a different email that's going to give them the exact details of what they're going to get. And the easier you can make it for your speakers and affiliates, the more promotion they're going to want to do and the more, the bigger audience you're going to get and the more involved community you're going to get. Man, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and getting the speakers to actually engage to really send it out, that it when it happens, when all the speakers actually do engage and they send out emails and they really try to get people there, it helps everybody. And so that is a great way to go. So from there, we interview. The, and I love the idea of doing pre-interviews and not worrying about doing something live and locking somebody down for a block of time. But the question and answer, like you need to have the speakers available. I love that idea. So is there a certain platform? Like what's the, the is, is it Facebook? Is it, what's the platform that we should use to do an online summit? Sure. So everybody does this a little bit differently. I can tell you what I did and then I can tell you what the standard is, which is actually much easier and we made it pretty complicated on ourselves. Um, but what we did is we used an actual membership plugin platform. So when you registered for our summit, you got your own um, unique username and login and you were able to go in and then we released the pages at the time of the presenter, right? So the video didn't go up until nine o'clock. I'd hit refresh. Um, there's like a coming soon page for each speaker. Uh, at nine o'clock, I'd hit refresh and everyone would hit refresh and they'd get the video in the comment section. That was a little bit more work on the back end and definitely a lot more tech. But for us who knew we were gonna have a really big audience and community, that was something that we we wanted to make sure was absolutely correct and that we could brand. Now there's a tool called Hey Summit that like will automate all this stuff, right? You can go and you can put your logo in and you can build your summit and you can interact with your speakers and it's great and it's affordable. Um, but for us, it wasn't customizable enough. But if you want kind of a simple way to dip your toe in the water, Hey Summit is great. How most people do it is they create a private page within their WordPress site that they don't tell anybody the link to. And there's one page for each day of their summit. And they just link private YouTube videos. 
And with YouTube, you can schedule a video, right, to release at a certain time. So you can do your whole conference schedule. And the morning of each day of the summit, you say, hey, thanks for registering. Here's your link for today. Here's the three people that are talking today or the eight people that are talking today, depending on how big your summit is. Um, and then they just all have that link, right? So there's a few different ways to do it. And this is part of the planning process is you got to decide what do you want to do and what do you want the experience to be like for your uh, your user? I think that's a fantastic way, a budget-friendly way. In fact, almost a, a really cheap way to get started and actually do a summit because if you get it just a WordPress hosting site, I mean, that's free, I believe. And you just get a domain, it's 10 bucks a, a year. So, and then YouTube's obviously free. So that's a great way to get started with no money. So that I love that idea. So from there- Now you're gonna wanna, hold on one second. So you uh, YouTube is free, but remember that with YouTube's terms of service, you can't put things behind a paywall. So if you wanna sell an all access pass, which is really the best way to kind of monetize most of these events, you're going to want something like Vimeo that is going to be paid to upload the done, the finished videos and give people access a different way. Some people use Teachable. Some people just use, you know, a membership plugin or something to give people private access once they buy the all access pass. Um, but you are going to have to use something other than YouTube if you want to sell access to those videos. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Now, is that where is that? I wouldn't say the main goal, but is that is that a, a good size goal is to get people to get the all access pass afterwards or just like a benefit afterwards? So there's it's probably the best way to monetize it. Right. But it depends on what your business goal is at that period of time. So for us, everyone that registered put, got their email. Right. So our obviously some of those people were already on our email list, but our email list grew by 15000 people in a week, which was insane. And I have all kinds of ways to monetize my email list. So that's valuable to me. Now the all access pass had other upgrades. So they got access to the videos, they got access to transcripts, they got access to uh, summary notes. So we actually had a, a PhD student go through and watch every video and like make a one pager of oh. here's the biggest takeaways. And then we designed it into these like fun sheets. So that's like, okay, if you want to just remember what Amanda Holden was talking about, like there was other perks to buy the all access pass. But for us um, in our first year, the goal was really just to get to break even and make sure that we're, you know, we're picking up these leads, we're building a community and then covering our costs. That was the main focus for us this year. That's great. Now, you already have all this built. So the next year or this year, you're going to be able to do it again and then replicate that. Now, what's the next, I guess, the future, the goal? Is it to actually do an online conference? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to stick to an online Sorry, conference. Did I say I online? I meant uh, in person. I said online. I meant in person conference. Sorry about that. I don't actually think so. So I think for us, we're going to stick to online for the foreseeable future. I think it works really well for our people. I do think there's a place where we might end up doing an in-person retreat where it's really much smaller and more personal, you know, capped at 50 people. That's a much more expensive, exclusive type of thing for people who can travel and who have that flexibility. But for us, online just worked really, really well. Um, and I think that we'll stick to it for couple years until we find really the right groove. This year, we're focusing on, you know, increasing monetization through sponsors and through some other options. So we're going to see how the next couple years goes. So what I, I understand how to do sponsors in a conference, like an actual in-person conference, there's booths and all that sort of stuff. How would you do sponsors with an online summit? Absolutely. So they get links on the website um, for your key, like platinum, gold, silver sponsors. They can actually just get, you could just add a overlay of the videos. So their logos are down in the corner. Um, 
depends on depends on the level of sponsor, right? They can sponsor different giveaways. Um, they can contribute to a virtual swag bag. So we had like a special offers page for the summit that we had certain companies even last year that said like, hey, we'll offer an extra 15% off for anyone that comes to your summit or whatever uh, as a way to, to entice. So there's a lot of different things. And sponsors for, it's funny, sponsors are much more comfortable with in-person conferences because it's what they've always done. But there's tons of evidence already that you're going to get higher, you're going to get more people taking action on an online summit because they don't have to open their phone and go to your website and do something. We can track everything that happens on an online summit, right? And I can say like, listen, we'll do a video on how to get help getting out of debt or whatever and put your link literally right there. So if someone's watching and they're struggling and they're really feeling like they need help, click and go there and no big deal. Um, so sponsor sales are, are a really great part, at least if you focus on anything, money or entrepreneurship related. There's a lot of companies that want to connect with people doing that work um, and you can go out and, and talk to them about sponsorships. And having so, um, a sponsor come in and do this, they're realizing that this is like literally direct marketing. They don't have to try to like broadcast to all Facebook and hopefully Facebook finds the right. No, they, they know this is the audience because they know who you're reaching out to. They know the type of people that you're working with. So that is terrific. Now, the last thing I want to ask is from there, what's the next scalable step? What's the next? Is it just to get more people into the summit? What's the next scalable step? Sure. So Obviously, the summit will likely be bigger this year. That's tentatively work. And we want to just keep kind of growing that audience. But going forward, uh, something we're implementing this year is that we're doing themes every single month. So we're trying to really focus our content across platforms. We do some YouTube. Uh, we obviously have the blog posts. And then we'll have the podcast coming uh, in February. So we want to kind of theme it. And the way that'll work is we'll have a free opt-in and a mini course every single month that's available. Um, and during the month of the live theme, it's just a $19 course. It's video-based. It'll always be with me, um, at least for a while. And then when that month ends, it'll go to $29. So we're keeping these like really affordable small courses. So over time, the scale is offering access to that, right? Like a year's access to all of our course library and kind of like a mini membership model. And the summit will be our way to kind of funnel people that way, right? Like if you like learning from us and you like learning in this way, you can come in and, and check out the course library, check out all the free resources that we have, because we'll also be releasing a free resource every month. Uh, and that's really the scale part of it, because those those mini courses will all have, you know, like I said, a free offer associated with them that'll have kind of a mini funnel that comes afterwards that pitches the course. So the hope is once we have 10, 20, 30 courses that exist, that then can rank in SEO and can be on Pinterest over time, we'll, we'll build that base. That's great. I love that idea, man. That is so much great information. Like I said, so many questions are still going through my brain, but we have, we're running out of time, but I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Now, the rapid fire round, basically questions you're going to come off the top of your head. You should be able to handle these. So the first one is if you were to advise somebody how to get started doing what you do with online summits, with blogging, with reaching people, what, what are some quick steps that we should get started? Like one, two, three, what should we do? First, identify what you think you want to talk about. And you, you might not know. This might change as you get going. But think about something that you just can't shut up about, that you your friends are sick of hearing about, right? And that's where you're going to start. And then just start. Start writing. Start podcasting. Whatever you do, no matter how much preparation you do and how much time you spin your wheels, your first 10, 20 posts are going to be terrible. You're going to look back at them in three years and be like, what was I thinking? But you 
you have to go through that no matter what. So just start. I think that's the biggest piece of advice I have is like dive in and figuring it out along the way. There's a lot of advice out there, especially in the blogging space about consistency and make sure that you post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the next seven years. And it's like, it's way overrated in my opinion. And really just getting out there and testing things until you find what works for your audience is okay. Because until you find your true audience, they're not going to notice that you're making changes. That's brilliant. I completely agree. I, I look at this stuff that I first wrote in 2015. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's horrible. Let me get this off of there. Okay, great. Now, if you were to go back to your younger self and give yourself any advice, let's say you're you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, and you're giving yourself a piece of advice that's going to help you for the rest of your life, what would you give yourself? You don't have to have it all figured out. I think I had a huge perfectionist, and I still struggle with this, but this perfectionist mindset that I always had to be on top of everything, and I always had to be uh, the best at everything, and it created a lot of pressure, and it made me chase, you know, obviously, I have a lot of gratefulness around my career at Wall Street and my career at the hedge fund. It gave me a lot of financial opportunities and a lot of privilege, but it was not something that I probably mental for my mental health should have done, but I chased it because it was the golden ticket thing that I thought I had to chase. So my, that piece of advice of just letting yourself try things and not worrying about what other people think and what you're supposed to do is my biggest piece of advice. That's fantastic. I completely agree. I know what just that definitely stopped me from actually getting started. In fact, so I was quitting my job with real estate and I literally had my job and I was teaching people how to quit their job. And I was like, man, I feel kind of like a phony. And <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm going to make myself do it. So in the top right hand corner of my website, there was a countdown timer. It literally counted down the days. It was like, like, um, 87 days, three hours and X minutes. And what was funny was my boss actually found out about it. I was trying to keep it as, as hush hush <laughs> as possible. He actually found out about it. He called me in his office and said, Hey, Dustin, I hear you're quitting your job. And I said, yes, of course I am. So it's coming up soon. So let you know, I'm going to be quitting pretty soon. But anyways, next question for you. So with being able to not work a nine to five job or 40 plus 50 plus hours a week, how, uh, how are you making the world a better place or the people around you? Or how are you trying to give back with the time extra, a little bit of extra time you have? Sure. So I think first, obviously, helping all the moms in our community is the biggest difference, right? I mean, my hedge fund job, I, I like to say that I was making rich people richer, right? Which does not have any fulfillment in it at all, for me at least. Um, it was intellectually stimulating for sure. But now we have these people that have been struggling or they just have bad mindset and they're, they really want to do better. And helping them is obviously a huge, huge change and a positive uh, thing for the world. The other thing is that I'm happier and more present with my kids. And I think that when I left my old job, it's I'm still working on breaking that workaholic mindset, right? When you're told like from right out of school, I graduated college year early, almost with three majors. I went right to straight to Wall Street. I was working crazy hours and I it's hard to break that. But when I am home, I'm happier, right? I'm not stressing about my boss or my job or what am I going to do next? So I'm more present with them. And that's been a real blessing. That is terrific. Now, next question. What sort of tools or apps or anything in life that you would suggest we should take a look at or start implementing into our life? Sure. So I am a huge fan of Wonderlist, which is how my husband and I trade to-do lists and just keep on top of things. Uh, I really like that one. Uh, and my other one is actually probably another to-do list type uh, app, which is my team uses monday.com for project management. And we've tried Asana and we tried Trello and we tried a million different things uh, until we found Monday. And I 
absolutely love it, especially if you want to do something like a summit that's longer term and really has different stages and lots of different players. Um, that has been huge to make sure that we're kind of always on top of things and things aren't falling through the cracks. Love it. That's great. I've heard many people uh, talk about Monday. Uh, sorry, many more people talk about Asana, but a few people talk about Monday. And so I'm definitely going to have to take a look at that. That's great. So the last question is, what is one nonfiction book that you would suggest? It could be business. It could be anything, but nonfiction. What should we read? Profit First. It's my absolute favorite business book, and especially for people who don't necessarily have an accounting or money background in how to think about it and how to make sure you don't get in this perpetual cycle of never paying yourself. Um, absolutely love that book. That's a great, great book. Awesome. Well, Chelsea, you've been fantastic. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. How can people reach out to you? How can they find you and know more about you? Sure. So smartmoneymamas.com, you can find uh, pretty much all of our stuff. We're Smart Money Mamas on all social platforms. I spend a ton of time on Instagram, so visit us over there. And if it's after February 6th, you can find the Smart Money Mamas show on any podcast app. Awesome. Chelsea, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dustin. This was fun. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.